Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. Please join us as we work together as we raise the education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. And go to artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures from every episode, all that good stuff. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Com. As always, I'm joined with Amy of Float Nashville. And today we have Dan Larson on the phone, who also owns a float center and is also part of the Float Collective. And we're going to dive into the Float Collective, make a little announcement about a little little partnership we're going to be doing here and just um, go dive into what the Float Collective is and what they'll be doing in the future. So I'm excited to catch up with Dan and, and learn more about the Float Collective. Do you want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporter, Alada de Rouge? Thank you so much. Uh, Aletta, I think it's Aletta, actually, I apologize. Aletta, thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Uh, for anybody who's donating at the $10 level or higher, you'll have access to all the photo sets that we've released on Patreon, and you're also just help supporting this this ship and putting wind in our sails. So really appreciate you guys keeping this this podcast going. Thank you so much. It means a lot to us. Do want to also remind everybody that we have a holiday marketing roundtable fast approaching. It's November 1st. And why November 1st? Because we want to be ahead of the ball on our holiday marketing. We want to get this done first thing so that you guys have time to take all the information, all the ideas that were discussed, and actually apply it to your business so that you have the best business holiday possible for your business. So uh, please join us November 1st and go to artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable if you want to check that out. I also want to give a shout out to FloatHelm. FloatHelm is the software designed from the ground up for float centers, and it, it really is just that, whether it's scheduling for your float tanks uh, or if it's having an ongoing conversation with all of your employees, uh, dialogues, also project management software, tracking for all the uh, pH levels, alkalinity, all that good stuff. As Dan knows, pH level is actually important, came up in the Float Collective just recently. Uh, all that stuff is trackable, so when the city comes knocking and wants to know what's in your float tanks, you have years worth of history right there for them to access. You're going to look real good. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to check that out and schedule your free tour. Amy, how are you doing this week? How are you doing? I, for someone in the middle of building out a new float center, I'm actually doing quite well. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you job. know. Good to hear. I, <laughs> I like hear. those kind of Amy updates. <laughs> and Brian is also with uh, us today. I got to work out when to introduce you, Brian. I apologize. I'll start doing oh, that at the top right. of the show. Welcome. Yeah. yeah doing well. <laughs> Surviving. And I think... Uh, I think that's that's all right. That's a good place to be. I'll take what I can get these days. <laughs> and now, if you remember last week, uh, I was kind of irritated because I was told that we were they were starting the build out on mm -hmm. Monday. Got up there on Tuesday when they were supposed to start cutting the concrete, and no one was there. Um, was not a good day for anybody. Yeah, right. Uh, so obviously, I need to float more. <laughs> uh, I noticed that my. <laughs> when I'm having a rough time and I forget to, to book my float, my employees book my float for me. It's kind of funny. I just get this little reminder saying, your float is coming up. I'm like, I didn't book a float. It's funny, yeah. Someone knows I need one. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found out, uh, well, so they, they did lie to me and they did correct it. They came in to start working. They told me everything was supposed to be done by Friday, end of day. And it wasn't. What? I am shocked. <laughs> I, I cannot so believe that the guys who didn't show Contractors? up. Contractors? Yeah. Wow. Not, but that said, I found out later, because I kind of, I was pretty irritated, and I, I talked about it on Facebook. Uh, but I found out later that the gentleman who actually is doing the demo, he was working on our door, because I noticed right by our door, he had to open up the the width of the door. Mm -hmm. And I noticed there's a little work done there. I found out the door actually fell on him, hit him in the face. It was a metal door, and he was in the hospital getting stitches across his face. So, you know, they, has, they, have, they have a good reason as to why things got slowed up. I, um, you know? I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> of all, all excuses from a contractor, I'd say yeah. that one is it's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And and good news. I actually, before we started uh, working here, recording this podcast, I did get a video from Mark, my business partner, who's mm -hmm. out there. And he did show me they have all the concrete cut now. And nice. they are working on that. Unfortunately, I also found out. Uh, so 
let me let me uh, let me set this up. So we have to move one bathroom wall six inches in order to make it uh, compliant with an ADA having an ADA bathroom. I'm sorry, it's not even six inches; it's four inches. So we okay. had to completely demo wall and move it four inches. Now. I haven't talked too much about this, but I am on an extreme budget. Um, out of, Do you I say could you get haven't more money. About this? I, 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 think, I think not, not in depth. I don't think in depth, mm, like how yeah, tight it is. Yeah. And I'm doing it on purpose. I, I could have gotten more money. I chose not to uh, because I, I know what I can borrow that will allow me to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I judge uh, my budgets. But. <laughs> you know, we, we decided that, well, you know, if they really, really, really have to cut this wall, we tried to get it grandfathered in. We didn't succeed, supposedly. Um, but if we really have to cut this wall, instead of cutting the wall, moving it, building a new wall, and then having to move a door that's kind of in the way of the four-inch movement, um, let's go ahead. It's just a storage closet right next to the bathroom. Let's just go ahead and cut down the wall break down the wall, and leave it open to the storage closet. So I lose a few feet of storage space. We can build in a closet later. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Okay. Uh, it'll save me building a wall. Well, I got a picture from Mark, and it was very obvious they cut down the wrong wall. Oh, ah, no. yay. Oh, no. Good times. So we oh. are going to have to build a wall back up four inches <laughs> into our, st- um, not our storage area, and now it's going to be back, they, they, Cut the wrong bathroom. They actually went into the wrong bathroom. Cut the wrong wall. By the way, they do have plans, architectural plans right there, but they still, they cut the wrong Who wall. are these people? How does this I don't exist, know. man? But this is why Mark is very sick today, and he's sitting out there uh, during oh the entire God. day watching them. <laughs> oh, um, my God. So the wall Impressive. into our area where our washer dryer is going to be and where our water, uh, the water, uh, why can I not think today? Uh, the water heaters are going to be, uh, has been cut down and we are going to lose four inches in there, which is not in the, you know, in the big picture, not a huge deal. It's just that now I have to pay for a wall, which irritated me, but that's okay. You have to uh, pay. It was their mistake though, right? Yeah, we'll see. Oh. We'll see how that works. Oh. We'll see how this works out. Uh, they're going, I'm sure they're going to say, well, you know, you were going to pay for a wall. Anyway, originally that's what we were going to do, um, but it had changed. But that's okay. So it's a frustration, but it's not the end of the world. But it's just another one of those little things. And then yesterday, speaking of tales of rentals, uh, I got an email from my landlord's accountant. He's like, oh, by the way, you know that lease that you signed? (laughs) Yeah, I forgot to put city taxes on your triple net. It's going to be another $200 a month. Is that legal once you've signed a contract? I'm not so sure. I have not responded yet. I need to look into it. I did forward it to some peeps on my team. Good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that definitely seems like on his part, it'd be like, I eh, might as well put this out there. Oops, you know, like, forgot. couldn't hurt, hurt to ask for another $200 a month. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's been kind of an odd little thing this week. So it's all these little things. None of this is a big deal. None of these mm. things individually are a big deal. But once again, it's just those little things do add up when you're working yeah. on a project. And I wanted to bring up, you know, yes, this is all, this is all a bummer. It kind of bums <laughs> me out, but... I did reread a book, and I just want to tell you, if you are in the midst of this craziness like I am right now, or you are getting ready to go into this phase, or you're having a really rough time at your float center, and you're questioning if you're supposed to be there, uh, I reread the book The Alchemist uh, by Paulo Coelho, which is a lovely, very easy-to-read fiction book. It's only, I don't know, it's not that long of a book. It's only... Uh, I'm looking at my book now, less than 200 pages. It's fiction, though. And it's fiction. It's 155 pages. Uh, And the whole story is about following your path, going through some hard times, some rough times, but the rewards of following your destiny and not getting off track and listening to Hmm. your heart. So it's a nice little reminder, a nice little bedtime read. Uh, When you're feeling rough, when you're having a, a rough day, just a nice little reminder that, hey, you know what? You got to listen to your heart. You got to remember why you're doing this. And this is just part of the journey. It's all it is. It's all good. 
Cool. That's that is hitting home with you. It's resonating. It is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Next time those contractors drop the ball, though. Yeah. <laughs> right oh, out well. the window. I might have to read it again. Yeah, right. And again it's and again. Point. I might have to just start living in a float tank. Is basically uh, it's basically the way it goes. You've had a busy week. Is there anything else going on with you? I wanted to bring up gypsum ceilings versus acoustic tile ceilings again this week, and I wanted to put it out there. Um, I am spending the money on putting gypsum ceilings into my float rooms and actually throughout a whole large section hmm. of the new float center. Nice. They've worked really well for us at Float Nashville, but they are an expense. Maybe not a huge sure. expense, but they are an expense. You have to frame them out and, hmm. uh, and, and, and uh, put them up. And, you know, there are some disadvantages in that it's not so easy to reach anything above them. Where the acoustic tiles, oh, sure. if you have to reach the electrical, if you have to reach the HVAC system, it's real easy to access. Sure. Um, but I have seen some people still keep their acoustic tiles in their float rooms. And I'm very curious. I was always thinking that, does that really work? Is that going to cause a problem? Do they get crumbly? Um, is it cause issues? Does it help, you know, does it hurt the acoustics? And I'm, I'm curious if people have acoustic tiles and they've had them for a year or two in their float centers and their float rooms, how is that working for you? Because I sure would love, of course, acoustic tiles, keep my acoustic tiles. Uh, but, um, but, I, but we are sticking with gypsum. But, you know, if I could save a few bucks, right. it would be awesome. Do you guys have any input on this or, well, or feelings on acoustic tile versus gypsum ceilings? Um, yeah, I don't believe in acoustic tiles. I, I believe in it for like office environment, uh -huh. um, for sure, but I don't, for, not for sound blocking. Uh, but it sounds like we need to have Tobin on again and uh, ask him that question. He'd be, he'd be the expert. And not even sound blocking. I'm wondering about do they gather, I mean, sound blocking is obviously a, a big deal, but do mm -hmm. they block, uh, do they absorb salt? Is salt an issue with them? Oh, Do they? How about the moisture with the acoustic mm. tiles? I know that we will often get up and just kind of wipe down our ceilings. Not that we have a huge amount of salt up there, but occasional salt gathers here and there in the mm -hmm. corners, and it's nice to be able to get up there and clean it off. So, um, so I'd love to hear from anyone who has kept acoustic tile ceilings in the room. Uh, would you? Would you do it again, or was it a mistake? Cool. Let us know. Cool. We'll tweet out about that as well. Yeah. Find out. Maybe, maybe mention it in the Flow Collective, which we'll learn more about today. That's awesome. It, not to say that you need one more item to talk about this week, because it sounds like you've been very busy, but anything else going on for you this week? Good Lord, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's been, uh, we are not sleeping well. Mm. I think the stress might be getting to us. Mark's sick. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those weeks where, We've been just trying to take some rest. When things happen, it's just like, you know what? We're going to take this in stride. We're going to go take care of ourselves first. Yeah. And we're just going to keep on keeping on. And that's been working for us. You know, I say this time and time again, but the second time through really has been, it, even though it's frustrating, even though we're having all these issues, the reality of it is internally, it's not quite as bad to me. I expect this. This is normal, y'all. Right, right. This is where uh, this is where you find out if you really are an entrepreneur. Hmm. Can you survive the startup? Can you survive the build out? Uh, it, it'll break you if you're <laughs> if you're not ready for it. So yeah, it, it it's been tough, but but uh, yeah, we're surviving. So thanks to all the kind words. I've gotten a few kind words from our colleagues and float centers all over this week so thank you for that that certainly keeps the uh certainly keeps things going but dylan enough about me seriously how are you doing what's been going on over there at the float shop uh things have been nice at the float shop they've been a little a little slow on floats but i feel like we've kind of made up for that with with massage has been going really strong this year uh, nice. we've really been and in fact i, I think i talked about it last week that we're, we've expanded our massage hours which has been um an interesting endeavor hiring new lmts lmts not showing up for interviews <laughs> things like that and, um kind of kind of interesting and just interesting Interesting crowd, uh, lots of really awesome people, and then obviously all the way to people just not showing up. So that's been been one one side of the coin. The other is like we, we've we're locking it in. We're expanded our hours. We're having a sale all through October. 
um, and it seems to be working out quite nicely. So that's um, been fun and cool, and also like, okay, we're we're still growing as a business. That's great. Uh, that that that's awesome. We still need to put attention on floats because our floats aren't 100% booked, and when they are, we'll ease off off marketing. But until then, it's something that we have to continue focusing on. Um, but uh, on on the other side of things with our existing LMTs, it's been coming up that you know people. So we haven't been getting notice for when they're leaving uh, for a vacation or or what have you. And so we've just really um, are trying to tighten up those communications, make sure that it's in an agreement that we are both agreeing to this and uh, understanding what the consequences are of that. And, you know, it's all all good people. Everything's we're all on the same team, all on the same page. But we just have to kind of go, hey, OK, you know, it's, it's been, a, been a year or two since we've had had to talk about this kind of stuff. Let's let's uh, go over this. And here's some new stuff to say, you know, we need two weeks notice or you have to find somebody from on call on our official list to replace you, all that kind of kind of stuff just to make sure it that the business doesn't take a hit every time something comes up basically for for one of our uh, uh, LMTs so uh, that's kind of the world that we've been in this week actually kind of the past few weeks is uh, LMT land and then of course we're still working on our holiday marketing as well so um, that's a little little bit more back burner than the LMT thing but uh, we're, we're definitely brainstorming and trying to figure out how we can utilize everything we do at the shop to help promote our business over the holidays which of course we'll be talking about at the round table shameless and yeah. I have to say I'm excited about that because uh, you and I are coming at this from very different situations you know I've always had just a float center so my holiday mm. uh advertisements and my holiday packages look very different from someone who is running a multi-service business. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, this is my first year and I keep kind of forgetting about this, but we're going to be opening hopefully in December, the the very beginning of December. And I need to start thinking because now we'll have a multi-service business. So I'm going to learn from you this round table (laughs) for sure. (laughs) And we're also going to talk about, you know, how do you do uh, holiday promotions or service promotions if all you have is a float center yeah which does provide some does give some limitations so i'm excited and some advantages uh, and some advantages for sure mm-hmm. don't don't think i'm not a little jealous but yeah the grass <laughs> is always greener right yeah like, oh man i only need to market one thing that'd be so nice but uh yeah pros and cons <laughs> pros and cons uh, yeah. i'm excited to bring dan on here i do just want to mention pro float real quick uh pro float uh sells float tanks uh, i'm sure that everybody knows that or anybody who's been in the industry for a little while, but they're also selling float products now as well. So pH up, alkalinity, keep me, keep mentioning pH, uh, float halos, starter kits. If you're opening your float center, they've got a, a no brainer package that just, uh, is perfect for opening and you have everything that you need as far as floating goes and, um, uh, chemicals, all that stuff for your float center. So, um, art of the float.com forward slash pro float is where you want to go to um, find them. And if you go through that little portal there, it also just helps us out a little bit when you purchase through them. We also like that all purchases are staying within the float community here and a a really good group of people too. They're Canadian after all, so we we know that they're good people. Uh, Again, artofthefloat.com forward slash pro float. And thanks for supporting our industry and help supporting the show through your purchases. Dan Larson, how are you doing? Hello. I'm good. Welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, It's kind of funny. We're we're actually not talking about your float center so much today, but how how is your float center doing? Oh, let me see if I can pronounce it right. Uh, Ollie. Ollie? Ollie. Ollie float. Olympia. Olympia? Olympia? float. Olympia float. Someday. someday. (laughs) It's a brand that makes no sense outside of Olympia. It's kind of funny. Like, not not franchisable. (laughs) (laughs) Um. It's good. I, I've I've kind of stepped back a little bit the last few months, hmm. and by step back, I mean I'm maybe only working thirty five or forty hours a week there oh. instead of sixty. Wow! You know? um, so it, it's quiet. Jeez. I haven't really been that involved. Um, Wait, I've, I've, I've had a <laughs> what? I've had a lot of stuff in, in my personal life. So there's kind of two parts of my life. One's the float center. One's this eco village that I'm a part of. Hmm. And the last two or three months, we've been working on expanding the eco village, and we being able to buy the property next door. What does um, that mean? Next least, door to the float center? No, no, no. Next door to our eco-village. So we kind of expanded our little eco-village property by 50%. So we bought bought a neighbor's house, basically, and have been going through the process of building out tiny houses. And nice. Yada, yada, yada. That's been like a big chapter in my life. and It's kind of taken me away from the float center for a few months. So 
things have been piling up at the float center that need my attention, but it's like, man, there's only so many hours in the yes. day, and I totally oh still don't have that Oasis tank running, and oh, wow. there's a leak, and there's a leak from a shower that disrupted some of the floor tiles. And he's oh, no. And like, so... I, I feel this November descending on me. It's going to be all, okay, back to 60, right. 70 hours a week. Oh, no. Working on fixing Dang. fixing stuff in the in the float center. It's now, all good that, stuff. Is um, that, I, don't, I don't feel stressed about it. Is that time included on Facebook or, or no? <laughs> I've stepped, it's funny, I've stepped back from Facebook quite yes, a bit. That, at the float conference was eye-opening for me, like seeing the raw numbers in that presentation that, that uh, Float Collective did, the Soul of the Industry presentation, mm, like mm-hmm. seeing the amount of time that I spend on Facebook. I was yeah. just like, Holy cow, that, that's way too much time. That's an unhealthy <laughs> amount of time. So actually, I took September off of Facebook completely and stepped yeah. back and just did it like a Facebook detox. How was that for you? And it was, oh, it was awesome. My biggest realization of what Facebook steals from us is the opportunities to be bored. Mm-hmm. And I've been, re- I've been reflecting a lot on how important boredom is. Nice. And how we don't really have that in our culture because every time we feel bored, whoop, we whip out the phone, yep. we go on Facebook. And so we're robbing ourselves of those opportunities to just kind of be and reflect Ponder. and think about think about things from this kind of bored space. Like I, I never really appreciated the value of boredom before. But mm-hmm. It's great. So September, I got awesome. the opportunity to be bored a few times. I was like, wow, that's great. How, how has it been so, coming back into social media? Um, it's, it's decent. I'm still kind of measuring myself, but I still find myself arguing with people about vaccines and <laughs> getting into these internet debates. And, and I'm very aware of myself coming from the outside in now. I'm like, wait, you're back. You're doing it again. Right. Why, why are you doing that? Step back. Quit wasting time <laughs> on that. Um, when you're in line at the grocery yeah, store, so, do, you, do you still pull out the cell phone? Let's see. No, actually, I don't do that now. Cool. I used to be that guy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a good it's a good reboot. Like each reboot just mm-hmm. kind of like resets your own behaviors a little bit. And you, uh, yeah, and each, I've done that. I've done that twice this month. Just kind of take a month off of social media. I'm still in there for business stuff. Like we have to be right, mm-hmm. but just yep. for personal uh-huh. use. That's the toughest and part each, for me is separating. Like, I think I'd be on a lot less, but the business pulls me in. I have to be active in there. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, while you're there, the thing pops up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I want to get to the uh, FTA, or excuse me, I want to get to the Float Collective. But um, mm. what is an eco-village? Just real quick, what does that mean? Um, well, it's just a little intentional community, basically. it's We have a half-acre property at home that started out with just our one little house. And now we have two tiny houses and an airstream. So we have four, five people living with us. Wow. And then we bought the property next door, so that'll be another five people. Wow. So it's just our way of picking our neighbors basically nice. you know and just kind of <laughs> creating our own miniature community beautiful so, lovely yeah nice it's cool that's very cool yeah that's my other 40 hour week job nice. you know. how many hours do you get in a day <laughs> it sounds like a lot more than me are you running <laughs> well i figured out the, i figured out the whole dr strange thing i've had a bend time but i can't tell anybody <laughs> about it, so. you guys look similar too interesting uh okay well, uh, do you know when the float collective began do you know what year mm uh I should know that. I don't. That's okay. I know you're the you're the one of the latest additions to the Float Collective. 2013, I think. Okay. 2012, 2013, I think somewhere in there. And and what was the Float Collective established as? What Float Collective was originally Canadian float centers mm-hmm. wanting to get together and figure out how to support each other and be successful within within Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really after last year's float conference that it just sort of expanded into just float collective and um i interestingly being british i became the american liaison to float collective (laughs) (laughs) just funny position for me um so at this point it's 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 still mostly canadian float centers but the Mm -hmm. the focus is really is really global um and it includes uh myself from inside the u.s and then laura johnson has also joined us so cool um, two people within the u.s so nice yeah oh that's that's perfect that seems like a perfect fit yeah i'm super happy to have laura on board she's awesome Mm -hmm. agreed uh so i think when it first started at least in my mind the cfc as it was known the canadian float collective was a parallel to the Float Tank Association, or the FTA. And I feel like at this year's Float Conference, it became very clear that that, that is not the case, that um, mm-hmm. there are two different goals between these 
um, organizations. And can you talk about your side, your point of view of as far as what's now known as the Float Collective? Yeah, I think there was a lot of confusion around that. And I, I think there was a lot of confusion for FTA as well within mm. that. And so, you know, what, that's something we got to clarify with them at this year's float conference is like, you know, what we're trying to do relative to what they're trying to do and just make it clear that, you know, there's no competition between this. We're not actually trying to do the same the same things. So if FTA is the industry's association, right? Um, just like any other industry has association groups. I mean, that's, that's the role that the FTA uh, provides. Float Collective really just wants to operate more as a as a catalyst rather than an association. So, basically, what does that mean? It, well, in in addition to simply obviously setting up the Facebook page and administering that and fostering it and letting that grow, um, I think we view our role as as really listening for opportunities that we can help organize resources around. Mm -hmm. So we might hear a need that is a repetitive need that multiple float centers are saying, hey, this would be really good. Mm -hmm. And this, we're still working towards this. We're not claiming to be at this point yet yeah. of being this perfect organization that's doing that super effectively. Okay. Um, but that's, that's our vision is really to be the, the catalyst that listens to the needs of the industry. And you know, these little pockets of things that could be done if there was just a little more organization around the resources for getting that done. Mm -hmm. And then we step in and we help align those resources and get it done. I think that's that's a little different from um, what FTA is doing. I, f I feel does it makes sense how they're different well, <laughs> from that discussion. Let's talk about it. Let me maybe, maybe get it clearer here. So the FTA would be more like um, I know they they are um, I don't know if proud is the right word, but they I, they I hear a lot that they are supportive of what you need to do to maintain your float center or uh, working with the bodies that are going to be doing. Uh, potential regulations of float tanks and float tank water, how we care for our float tanks. And so they seem uh -huh. very intimately busy with those those groups, um, at least in the U.S. And it seems to me that the Float Collective is less interested in that and look, looking more for the needs of the community outside of that. Would that be like marketing needs? Would it be um, studies, uh, which I know that um, the Float Collective also helps with as well? What what needs are you guys looking for from the float community to yeah i i think it probably does sit more in the marketing bucket than than anything else yeah. i mean if we think of it this way F fta is there to protect the industry mm, there we go cool you know i think i think i think we could simplify it down to yeah, that yeah that's a great, right? great way. i think that's i think that's what they're trying to mm -hmm. do um our hope is just to help make things more efficient so that we can get done the things that we all across the board recognize should be getting done, but there's no one person who can really take that on by themselves. You know, how, we just want to be able to step in and help with communications and budget and, um, you know, finding the right people who can jump in to, to help get that particular project done. And I think by project, I think often that's going to be a marketing focused kind of thing, but it, it might be something as simple as, you know, I don't know if there's like a, a centralized approach to intake forms for float centers, right? Uh, just kind of throwing that off the top of my head. That that might be a thing that 10 float centers say, yeah, that would be really nice, actually, if someone was to take the initiative to get that done. Um, you know, that's the kind of opportunity where, you know, we could step in and say, cool, yeah, we'll, we'll throw some, some of our personal hours at, like, aligning resources and, and helping make that happen, recognizing that no one float center probably can really do that by themselves. Interesting. So it really is sort of project by project by project, right? I think community sourced projects was was the label that we tried to convey in that that presentation yeah. at, at Float Conference, Agreed. right? So whereas FTA is more of this ongoing role of protecting the industry and serving the, the interest of the whole industry, we're much more kind of project focused. I think that's, a, that's the way I would distill it. Uh, so since the Float Conference, um, I think I gained gained more clarity on on what that uh, what that meant to me, what the Float Collective meant to me. Uh, what have you been working on since then, uh, since the Flow Conference? Um, honestly, it's been a lot of communication with FTA. Okay. Um, you know, we've it's been this ongoing dialogue of figuring out how we how we partner together, and you know, reinforcing that message that there's no there's no duality or conflict of interests or competition or anything. Um, you know, I think we all know that that at the conference there was some heated exchange around FTA mm -hmm. right? you can listen to that the workshop the that, <laughs> yeah yeah here. I mean the, the workshop they held there you know there was some contention and there was some uh, some really uh, open raw discussion mm 
Um, and so I think a lot of what Float Collective, the, the Float Collective board has been doing is just figuring out, you know, where, where we fit into that, if we fit into mm -hmm. that, and, um, you know, how, what influence we can have in helping the FDA become the organization that the industry needs. Got it. You know, and I think, cool. I think FDA itself has recognized at this point that, yeah, there's, there's been a history of issues. Uh, it hasn't been the association that we need it to be, but they are making commitments to step up and become the association that, that, uh, that the industry needs them to be. And so we've, we've just been figuring out you know, where, where we fit into that and, and what we do. So, I mean, what we're working towards now is, is really uh, helping uh, basically promote this, the survey that FTA mm -hmm. has put together to, to gather feedback from the industry mm -hmm. um, so that they can become the association that, that we need them to be through feedback. Um, so I guess I'll use this just as a, as a little platform to say, hey, go fill out that survey. There haven't been that many float centers who have filled that out okay. yet. So Let's please go do that. F, you know, if we want FTA to become the association that we mm -hmm. want it to be, that requires our feedback and some direction. That's, so a, please, that's a great point. That. Let's put that link up there, and we'll also sh share it on social media as well. That's a really important that people fill out this survey and, and let the FTA know. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have that in the show notes for you guys. Great. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. And if you could throw um, the... Uh, if you could promote yourself and <laughs> put a link back to the episode with the uh, Float Collective presentation, the Soul of the Industry presentation. Yeah, sure. That that gives a lot mm -hmm. more clean, uh, better context. Uh, <laughs> Matt Smith is very eloquent, and he he broke it down in that presentation. Nice. Probably better better than I have here in this podcast today. Yeah, so that was a I guess more context. A two part episode, and the the first part definitely has the main um, intro to what the Float Collective is today or what it, what it has become. So yeah, I would definitely encourage anybody who hasn't listened to that yet, definitely give that a, give that a spin. If I own a float center, which I do, but I don't have a podcast, how do I get a hold of Float Collective? Or how do I let them know about the needs? How are you guys interacting with the community? What does that look like? If I'm, if I own a float center, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the Float Collective, maybe I'm not, you know, what steps do I take to be integrated with the Float Collective? Yeah. Well, feedback to us is best comes through the Facebook page. I mean, we, we want really everything to be as as public, and I, I'm putting quotes around public, um, you know, public within the industry mm -hmm. a, as possible. Um, you know, there's not really a whole lot of behind the scenes um, strategizing mm -hmm. that that we do. We we really do like all discussion of any issue to be done there out in the open so that everybody can weigh mm -hmm. in on it. That's our preference. So if there is feedback for Float Collective as an organization, post that on the Float Collective page. If you're not in the Float Collective group yet, um, one of the other things we've been working on is simplifying oh. the application process. Beautiful. So, yeah. So there was this kind of two-fold process before where you had to request access on Facebook, and then you had to go fill out a Google form to basically say who you were and which float center you're with and basically validate that you really are. Um, either a float center or in the process of becoming a float mm -hmm. center. Um, that two-fold process was too much for some people <laughs> and was causing bottleneck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so we just simplified it down to just three questions right there in the Facebook group. Um, so Facebook groups have this uh, function where you can ask questions of people when they apply. So we just simplified nice. it down into those three questions. So it's all oh, self-contained within Facebook now. So you don't have to go off to another form. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Glad to hear that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, here's another reality yeah. with with the with the Facebook group is you know we have a lot of people who request it who have nothing to do with the float center. Sure, um, they're just kind of they're interested in floating. Mm. They're, they're lucky lose. You know, mm. we had a queue of 800 people who didn't seem to have anything to do oh. with the operations of float center. They just had just been building up over time. Yeah, over time. Okay, so we just did some full cleaning as it were and just kind of like purged that whole list and then wow. simplified the process. So. If you've requested access to Float Collective and you legitimately are a float center or you're in the process of becoming a float center and you just got declined, please feel free to go back and request access again and go through the more simplified three-question process nice. and we'll get you in. Ah, again, very glad to hear that. That's great. Um, it did, did yeah. seem to create a bottleneck. That seemed necessary. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that there was any other way around it, but to know that that's more streamlined and easier <laughs> and easier for you, as yeah. I know you were one of the gatekeepers there. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a fun, it's a fun. It's another sixty to seventy um, hour. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, part of it is just the available Facebook functionality, right? Mm -hmm. we're, trying, we're trying to do the best that we can within an architecture that we don't have any control sure. over, yeah. right? Yeah. If we were to go build our own platform, we'd have full control over it. But, you know, we've had this discussion of like, is that something that needs to happen? Does Float Collective need to actually get off of Facebook mm -hmm. and become its own separate site? And there's lots of different ways of looking at it. But basically the conclusion we've come down to is it remains better left on Facebook because that's where people yeah. are. It's the easiest point of access. Okay. Um, if we were to go create something completely separate, participation would drop off 70%. Yeah. Um, so we're working with uh, you know what we have, which is the available functionality of Facebook. Perfect. So it works great 85% of the time, and then there's 15% that's super annoying and doesn't work as well as it should. So we're working within that. Nice. Amy, did you have a question yep. there? Oh, nope, sorry. I thought, thought no. you were leaning towards the microphone there. Well, I have a question, which is just behind the scenes. You said there's not a lot, lot kind of behind the scenes. So much of it is public. But but there is a board of directors for the Float Collective. and how, There is, how, yeah. yeah. How many people are in there? How often are you guys getting together? And um, you know, is it possible for us to see what is being discussed there? What's the transparency level? That good stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, all of our... Um, Board meetings are on the website at ourfloatcollective.org. Um, the navigation isn't awesome, so we're, we're work, we continue to work on our own site. But um, I think if you look under the More tab um, on ourfloatcollective.org, I think you can get to see all of the notes and financials from us as an organization. So we are a nonprofit. Um, and we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people on our board right now. No, eight people with Laura, who mm. just joined us. So that's uh, Trika Jake. Trika Jake? What did my brain just do? Trika Drake. <laughs> um, Matt Smith, uh, Dustin Erickson, uh, Brad Doak, Jules Turner, and then Christian, whose name I still can't pronounce his last name, Zermiak, okay. I think. And then... And then Sorry, Christian. <laughs> and then, uh, then Laura. Johnson. I'm just happy to not be not to be the only one butchering a name on today's podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a good club good going. Game. Yeah. And then uh, we meet every. We don't have a super set schedule. We have we have a set schedule from a uh, from a nonprofit um, perspective. So we have our annual general meeting coming up in November, okay. I think. But we we meet every three weeks or mm. so. I mean, we we meet as we need to if mm. a particular issue comes up that we need okay. to talk about. But you know, we're we're meeting every three on average about every three weeks. Um, and yeah. and is there a guiding voice pushing where things are going, or do you guys all get together and talk about you know what is the community asking for, or what what's going on in the community, and brainstorm based off of that of, of where to go? What does it what does it yeah. look like? Yeah, there's no there's no one there's no one leader really. Um, you know, it's a very democratic kind of process. You know, we all vote on decisions, and okay. um, a lot of it happens on Facebook. Facebook actually provides the whole thumbs up thing. It works really well for just voting on stuff. Nice. So we often just figure out stuff <laughs> through group chat, and everyone gives a thumbs up. And oh, that's um, funny. Nice. Yeah, and other, yeah, um, but yeah. Otherwise, it's it's just conference calls that we we do. So I mean, we've really spent the last year in particular. I mean, kind of since last year's float conference, um, really just spending a lot of time figuring out who we are, what's mm -hmm. our vision, what's our mission, where do we want to fit in. Um, so we kind of knew that the past year we weren't going to be getting a whole lot of things done mm -hmm. from a from a project perspective. Mm -hmm. It really has been just figuring out where we fit in and what value we can provide, and where where do we line up with things like the FTA? Like we don't want to duplicate right. any efforts or be redundant. Yeah. So it has been a lot of um, setup, basically, of, of what we want to do. You got to have a solid. And so we're foundation. really hoping that here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the hope is from here on out is when we can really start getting into being more productive cool. as <laughs> nice. well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, I'll definitely be looking forward to what comes out of the Flow Collective. It's been uh, definitely interesting with the FTA. I feel like it's such a red hot topic, the, the FTA at the moment. And um, it, it's yeah. uh, so, but I'm excited to see what comes out of the FTA going forward. I really am. Um, and you know, I have my own personal thoughts on that that I won't get into at the moment as far as uh, their record and, and what they'll be doing going forward. But I'm just with a full clean slate excited about what's going to be happening with the FC as an entity that is just um, so fresh. I mean, you did say 2013, so it, it's been around for a while, but I feel like it has this new identity and it really just gets to start going 
forward uh, fresh uh, and, and with kind of the community guiding it. So I'm, I'm excited to see where you go. Yeah, well, and, it, and it's, it's funny. There's this whole catalyst thing. There's, there's almost this funny pattern, like we'll talk about something on our um, conference calls mm -hmm. and say, hey, this seems like a thing that you know, we should really be helping get done. And then the next day, someone in Float Collective will announce that, yeah, I'm already funny, working right? on this. Hey, hey, who else wants to be involved? This thing's happening. Yeah. So I don't know if we're just kind of like magical manifestors. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's the primary uh, yeah. primary role. I, and if, that, if that continues to work, we just like envision the thing that we want to see happen, <laughs> and then someone in the community makes it happen. I swear to God, I, I have those um, conversations all the time. Or I wish somebody would, uh, or I wish we had this, and then boop, pops up on, on Float Collective right there. Absolutely. Yeah. But I will say yeah. there's something that um, happens with Float Collective. And when I say, that's funny, when I say the Float Collective, I mean the Facebook group, is that a conversation will mm -hmm. come up, there'll be excitement about a project, and then it will kind of fade away and I have a feeling it, because it's it's fun yeah. to talk about things and, and to brainstorm ideas. And the Float Collective is a great Facebook page, is a great space for that. But I feel like the Float Collective organization, the nonprofit, could be able to take those ideas, maybe even get in contact with those people who want to start running with that concept and really drive it and make sure it has leadership and guides it to completion. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly I mean, because the reality is a lot of those really interesting conversations, ideas come up, and then, oh, someone's coming out of a float room, and, oh, i got to do my budget, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, there's a tank leak, and, yeah. oh, I have to figure out this particular issue. And it's like you just get sucked back into, like, okay, i got to go back to running my solar business. <laughs> yeah. And the idea just kind of sits there on the vine, right? So that's ex exactly the kind of scenario that, you know, we, we foresee Float Collective being Excellent. able to just bring some organization mm. and some focus. And, you know, if there's budget needed, help raise the budget and help raise mm -hmm. awareness of like, hey, if we all really want to see this thing done, mm -hmm. and I think it sounds like we all do, well, let's all start chipping in some money and you know, here's the budget that's needed and here's a, t here's a timeline, here's the people that have said that they can lend some time to, here's, this is a big piece too, here's the resident expertise that exists within the Float Collective community. There's this guy who we know is a video editor mm -hmm. and this person who we know does animation yes. and this person who we know is a lawyer. Or, you know, there's, there's so many skill sets yeah. um, that are resident within the community that can be tapped into just in a slightly organized Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. Only makes me look yeah. forward to it more. <laughs> Excellent. You know, <laughs> yeah. one thing that, That's that, the vision. that happens, and, and we just talked about it in like the little hub of the Float Collective Facebook group, but every year at the Float Conference, um, not as much this year for me personally, but I know it's very true for everybody, is there's tons of excitement. You're like, yes, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, this kind of marketing and all these changes. It's going to be so awesome. And then you get home and you do get back to that 40 to 70 hour work week and all that inspiration. Mm -hmm. While the energy might still be there, the actual application of these ideas completely falls through. That happened to me year after year after year. Um, so I'm curious if uh, next year's uh Float Conference and perhaps Rise as well could be good places to kind of gather that inspiration as well and see what is, is driving people uh, during those, those yeah. meetings. Yeah. If we think of all the individuals in Float Collective as a neuron in a brain, um, you know, we have all this great interconnectivity at a mental level. There's all this huge mental energy. Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to how do you put hands right. to that mental energy in a way that, you know, things can actually get done. Yeah. And so that no no one one person one center feels like they have to go invent that by themselves. That's great. I like I like the way you put that. I, I hope I hope the FC becomes that bridge between the brain and the hands and makes it makes it happen. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else that Dan you want to share or Amy that you want to ask about Float Collective? One thing I would like to share is how much I've enjoyed. I, I don't talk a lot in Float Collective. Mm. Um, I I don't. I don't have that time, and I and most of the time, by the time I get there, if there's a question asked that I can help with, there are 20 other people who've given great answers, and the one thing that I really, and that's great, and the one thing I really appreciate about the Float Collective is that as a Float Center owner, um, it's a great resource, and... I feel very supported there. Even though I don't participate much, if I'm having a rough day, if things are going wrong, first of all, I know if things are going wrong, I can put something on that board and I will have probably 10 answers. <laughs> and people reaching out to me in direct messaging, letting me know that, hey, I'm here to help. Do you, did you try this? Can you do this? So uh, it's, it's a 
perfect place to feel supported as a float center owner, but on those rough days, it's also another place that I can go, that I can feel uplifted, that I can get excited all over again. So even though I'm not extremely active on there, uh, I do read a lot and it is very uplifting and it does help me get through those days when they knock down the wrong wall or, uh, you know, or my, or I have a leak in the tank that will not go away. Uh, so I'm, I'm super appreciative of that. And Dan, that's got to feel really good to know how you're giving back to this community. Mm. I mean, people must be heaping love on you all the time. <laughs> they, they do. Oh, it, it's funny. I mean, it, at, at Float Conference, everyone kept thanking me for all the work oh, yeah. that I do in Float Collective, and it, it was kind of, it was sort of humorous after a while, because it's like, you guys think I do a lot more work than I actually do. I mean, I, <laughs> I just spend a lot of time goofing off on Facebook. It just happened to be <laughs> within the context of Float Collective. Um, but so, I mean, I, I've been in digital marketing for, for 20 years-ish, I think, somewhere in there, and building online networks and social um, online communities hmm. for most of that. And so I did that within um, healthcare companies. So I worked for Fortune 500, Fortune 100 healthcare companies building social networks. And all of those were just so much more work because inevitably it was about trying to sell people on participating. Hmm. Everything with Flow Collective hasn't felt like anywhere near that degree of work. It felt easy and it had flow and this was just something that people wanted to connect with. And the beautiful thing now is it has critical mass. So I think initially there was that period where I was spending a lot of time in there facilitating conversations, encouraging conversations, just spending a lot of my own time just kind of like building up that, that interaction level. Now it's there. I have the luxury of being able to step back. Mm -hmm. And like you, Emmy, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not participating anywhere near as much as I used to. Partly because I don't need to, and this isn't to say that I'm the only one that built that. You know, this was you know existed before me. Other people, Dustin, Lance, you know, they all did a lot of work on on building it up, and I, I kind of took the reins for a little bit. Um, so I'm certainly not taking credit for where it's at now, but where it is at now is that critical mass, and it, it's amazing to see that now just just roll. Like you said, you can post a question and get 20 answers within an hour. You know, I mean that's that's incredible. I mean it's it's one of the most engaged. Um, online yes. networks or, or social, I keep saying social community, that doesn't make sense, that's redundant, <laughs> On, <laughs> online community. Um, it's one of the most engaged that I've ever actually worked with in 20 years of, of working on them. So it's just, yeah, that's really cool. And it just keeps rolling. It is incredible. Uh, it keeps rolling. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. You miss things. You, you, yeah. you leave for a day, it's gone. It's absolutely gone. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the big weaknesses mm -hmm. that, that it has being on Facebook. Yep. Is, and, and I think others, others have noted this, that like the, the lack of ability to search really effectively in there. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it, it does operate like a blog roll, not like a database, mm -hmm. right? So searching stuff isn't great. Totally recognize that. The reality is Facebook doesn't want us using it as a database. They want us using it as a news feed. New, 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 yeah. new, new all the time. That's kind of the model of, of Facebook. So we're trying to figure out ways to make uh, older information uh, more indexable, more categorizable. If that's possible. Um, in a way that, uh, yeah, there's some kind of clunky manual workarounds to doing that. But there's things that we can do to make the, the juicier conversations that keep coming up over and over and over to make those more easily accessible so that we don't have to keep having yeah. the same conversations. Over and, and, and there are times where I'll search something and it, it just doesn't show up. And then I'll, I'll mention it. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, this has been mentioned before. It's like, shoot, I really wish I could have uh, accessed, like you said, a database. If, if that in any way is possible, that's something I'd love to see out of the Flow Collective uh, organization. Yeah, well, I've, I've looked around. There's, there's services where you can basically mine Facebook data and make that more searchable with a better front-end hmm. application. But it only works for everything outside of oh, groups. Oh, hilarious. When you, have a, when you have a group that is locked down, mm -hmm. it's, it's private discussion. It can't be indexed from the outside, right? And that's, that's a good right. thing. It's, I mean, it, it's good that it can't be because it's supposed to be kind of internal-only mm -hmm. type of dialogue, right? But it has that flip side, which is eh, the existing search engine doesn't work very well. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we're working on over, over the next month or two. We'll be, we'll be trying to figure out how to make, make the repetitive issues that have already been well, well discussed um, more available for reference awesome. um, than they are right now. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> I'll still be looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. um, one thing I 
want to bring up is that we're going to be having the Float Collective on about monthly here. So um, you can tune into Art of the Float, and it'll probably be Dan here. It might rotate a little bit, but uh, we'll actually get to find out month to month. They have a newsletter, and I definitely encourage you to sign up for their newsletter as well. But we'll actually be able to ask questions. If you have any questions, you can always tweet us and all that. We can ask the Float Collective, but uh, we'll just be getting rolling updates from them on, on their progress and what their projects are looking like, um, which I think is awesome because they, they really do believe in that whole transparency thing and um, being part of the community. And I think this is just one way that uh, we can reach out to the Float Collective and the Float Collective is also able to reach out to the community via the podcast. So uh, look forward to that and we'll just always make a mention in the show notes that the Float Collective is, is on giving an update. So uh, thank you, Dan, for, for volunteering to be that voice. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. And I, and I know that others on the board are excited about being on too. No, not everybody because we have some introverts who... <laughs> You know, love being in the background, mm -hmm. but don't necessarily want to be the, the voice in the front. But there's, there's certainly some of us who are super pumped to, to get on and just kind of conversate. Great. That's that's what it's all about, is having being able to have that conversation. So wonderful. Yeah. Uh, is there anything before we sign off, Dan, that you'd like to share with the community? Nothing I can think of right now. Cool. And just that was, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for yeah. being such an open book <laughs> and sharing everything. And just one more time, yeah, mention absolutely. that if you're not part of the Float Collective Facebook group, do find it. And now it has a new streamlined option. I feel like I should uh, quit just so I can re-sign up and see what those questions are and see see what the sign up. For. I don't know. You'll have to pass the validation process. Oh boy! Oh boy! I wouldn't let him back <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, he's <laughs> out. Yes. Let's <laughs> really yeah. talk. Let's Finally. really chat. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for being on. Thanks for joining us. My and we'll, we'll probably talk to you about a month from now. Before we sign off, right. I... Sounds good. Thank you. Before we sign off, I want to give a shout out to Floataway, who is based out of the UK, now has a space in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they're manufacturing float tanks. These are the guys who have the eight-foot diameter float arounds that uh, Liber is using in their float tanks. And by the way, if you haven't checked out the NPR article already, we'll put a show link to that as well, where they do talk about uh, research that's going on at Liber and the float tanks that they're using there, which uh, Floataway made. But Floataway doesn't just have the giant float tanks, although they also have like two person sized cabins, ones without lids, float rounds without lids, but they also have smaller float tanks like the Tranquility. That's what we own at the float shop. And they're doing really cool things like putting starlights in the ceilings, all, the, all that good stuff. And uh, if you're interested, go to floataway.com to check them out. And of course, as I always recommend, just do that so you can get in touch with Ginny and Colin because they are such fun, sweet people and they really, truly care about floating. They're absolute regular floaters. It's amazing to me how they manage to float as much as they do with while getting as much done as they do. Uh, with that being said, in closing, I just want to give another shout out to everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. It is amazing. We truly appreciate your support. Thanks so much for that. And also that if anybody is interested in consulting, if you're interested in uh, assistance in starting up your float center, which I recommend everybody who's starting a float center has a consultant who has opened a float center. If that's not us, that's fine. Um, just do find somebody. It's going to save you a lot of money and stress. I really encourage it to anybody. We do offer that service. There's a tab on artofthefloat.com if you're interested. And I do want to give a shout out to Anna for writing the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Anna. Really appreciate it. And for Dan, Amy, Brian, and myself, I'll say thank you so much. And remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week.